Hello, happy new year and welcome to our Chomcast tagged My Mentor. This program empowers women and girls from all over the world to build notable life and career through the experiences of other women in their chosen fields. Now, on this episode, I and my guest will be looking at tips that can help women position themselves for promotion, job satisfaction, job enlargement, and financial increase in 2023. You will agree with me that this is a good way to start the year. Now, despite the progress made by women in the labor market, evidence suggests that many women remain unable to achieve their career goals. Women continue to be underrepresented in certain industries and occupations, and many times, Many women struggle to rise to top positions in the workplace. Now, what are employer, employ, employers looking for? How can women position themselves to attract high management positions within their organizations and also gain job satisfaction? Remember, my mentor continues to be that program that empowers women from all over the world through the experiences of other women. My name is Edith Young Idang, and I am your anchor. So welcome back. Today, I am so happy and I'm privileged to be speaking with Helen Lobo. She has over three decades of experience in human resource management. She's a speaker, a mentor, a counselor, and an influencer of women entrepreneurs globally. Helen has worked with individuals at all levels in several organizations in different industries and has helped them achieve um, their personal and organizational goals. Did you know Helen is my mentor, my personal and my professional mentor, and I'm so excited and I'm so honored to have her on my program today. Madam, you are welcome to the program, my mentor. Thank you so much, Didi, for this gorgeous, beautiful introduction. I'm so honored and so proud to be part of your program. Thank you. So I've said so much about you, um, but can you just tell us one thing about yourself that I haven't wow. said? One thing, uh, I think there are so many things about me, but I think the one thing that is closest to my heart is to give back to society and to the community at large, especially women. I'm extremely passionate about helping women find their voice, having them ask themselves, who am I? What defines them as a person? Because what are their core values? Knowing our core values is empowering and a game changer in helping us make the right decisions and choices in life that are right for us. So women will never, ever need to look outside for validation, which we unfortunately do. As a coach, I'm on a mission to impact thousands of lives, one life at a time, helping them tap their inner potential. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. I know you just, so the summary of this is that you are, you are a coach um, focusing on women empowerment. 
and I know I'm also a beneficiary of that your mission. So today we are going to be focusing on your HR skills and I'll just want to ask my first question. Now, do you believe that there are limitations that hinder women from growing within the organization? Do you have, do you believe that? Oh yes, oh yes, absolutely. There are several limitations but none that we women collectively and consciously cannot overcome. Some of the typical limitations that we find in workplace environments are unconscious bias, for example, attitudes or stereotypes that unconsciously influence our perceptions, decisions and actions towards others. It can lead to a lack of diversity in leadership positions and can also create and prevent qualified women from advancing. It is important for us individuals and organizations and HR to be aware of unconscious bias and take steps to address it. For example, through training, mentoring, and other programs that can help women to promote diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Also, as HR, we need to ensure that we drive a culture of fairness, respect, inclusivity, where individuals can thrive and reach their potential. The other bias that we can think of is limited access to development opportunities. Now, women may not have access to these, uh, knowing that you know, they've got uh, development opportunities as male counterparts, for example, such as training, mentoring, networking. Male counterparts have much more of these. And this could be a hindrance for women. Lack of flexibility is another one. Many organizations... Sorry. Many organizations have still have flexible work arrangements that make it difficult, inflexible work environments that make it difficult for women who are often primary caretakers of children and elderly family members. So to balance work and personal responsibilities becomes an impediment. Another one is glass ceiling. It's an invisible barrier that prevents women from advancing to the highest levels within an organization. Now, this could be lack of role models, unconscious bias, limited access to development opportunities. So there could be quite a few of these glass ceilings. Now, the other one, which is typical and very, very predominant is stereotypes. We tend to stereotype that women can't be good managers or they can't. And this can happen because we are judged differently than men, by colleagues, by managers, by bosses, for example, within our organization, where they look upon women as less competent, less committed, or less ambitious than men, or that they are better suited for a certain type of job, which are traditionally female roles, for example. Also, the expectations that women should prioritize their families over their careers, right? We often find that. This creates a very hostile or unwelcoming work environment for women, making it harder for them to succeed in traditional male-dominated roles. So, so this leads me... Women and organization this, is another one that hinders. Yeah. So pay gap. For example, just recently, uh, India, for example, cricket, as you know, cricket is a huge sport in India. Uh, but they, the Cricket Organization Association in India has announced equal pay for women and men cricketers. Now, that's a huge milestone for a sports industry for others to follow. So within our organizations as HR, we need to make sure that there is a balance in pay gap. 
So these are some of the impediments that you can think of. Thank you so much, because this takes me now to my next um, question. You know, if you're not able to identify the problems, then you, it's difficult to profess solution. So my next question is, in highly competitive workspaces, how can women get the necessary visibility? How can they overcome all these challenges and get the necessary visibility that they require for their career growth? See, an, a good way to start is networking, building relationships with colleagues, with managers, with prof other professionals within your industry or because every visibility gives you access to new opportunities. So that's a huge one for women. They should go out there, make themselves seen, make themselves heard to network with people. Speaking up, finding your voice, HR must find their voice in a boardroom. They must know what their business is all about. They must know what is it that makes women better or more, uh, I would say, a preferred choice as compared to uh, not or, or just being sidelined because they are a woman. So don't be afraid to speak up in meetings, share your ideas, share your opinions. This will help you establish not just yourself as a thought leader in your field, but also as a, um, what should I say, as a role model for other employees to speak up. Mm. Taking leadership roles, volunteer. I would encourage women to volunteer to lead projects or teams or seek out opportunities to serve on committees, for example, on boards. It could be within your organization, could be outside your organization, could be NGOs. There are so many opportunities. They can help you develop your leadership skills and gain visibility within your organization or outside. Speaking out to mentors, we see make sure that you have a mentor to guide you. It could be within your company, could be outside. It could be your father, it could be your parent, could be within your inner circle. Because finding a mentor helps provide valuable guidance, advice, support when you need it, and helps you also navigate the challenges that you're facing currently within your field. Sponsorship, have somebody within your workplace to sponsor workplace, so you can get visibility and access to opportunities that you may not otherwise be aware of. Be persistent, very, very important. Don't give up too easily. Keep pushing, don't give up. Even if you face challenges and setbacks, get rid of your fears. Don't get into the self-doubt mode. If you don't challenge yourself, nobody else will. Rising to the top is your individual journey. You have to earn it. These strategies wow. may be different from individual to workplace, but it's important to find what works best for you for which you need to know your working environment and have the clarity of mind to know when to start and when to move to a better workplace. Wow, wow, wow. Helen, this is huge. You know, I have my pen and paper as usual, and I hope that the listener out there will be taking down this point because these are very rich. And I know there's no way a woman will get this and she will not break the ceiling, the glass ceiling you talked about within the organization. So, um, you know, I'm also looking at um, some other aspect of uh, human beings, which is the soft skills that we possess. I know you've talked about people, uh, women coming out to volunteer and then um, taking up roles within the organization. But 
does the soft skills that each human or woman or any human being have, does it play a role in distinguishing women for leadership positions? This is a very, very important and a fantastic question, Didi. Now, thanks for putting that out there because I think most of us do not realize that the attitude that we display defines who we are. And that is nothing but soft skills. It's a very good question. Soft skills play a significant role in distinguishing women for leadership positions. Personal attributes and characteristics are what is a reflection of you as a person, you as a woman leader. These soft skills include communication, teamwork, leadership, problem solving, and emotional intelligence. When to react, when to respond is an emotional intelligence journey. And for a woman to display that distinguishes herself from everybody else. We as HR typically look for a combination of technical skills, experience. When we consider candidates for leadership positions, we are looking at demonstration of strong communication and collaboration, as well as the ability to think critically and solve problems. Now, when we want to aspire for higher positions, we must, as women, have these qualities. We can imbibe them, we can learn, we can observe, we can read, we can look up, we can um, you know, go to YouTube. There's so many areas that we can learn and imbibe all of these qualities. Have a role model, for example. We can learn this. As a you can't expect to be a leader without having these skill sets. We look for women who are adaptable, resilient, and have a positive attitude to be considered for leadership positions. Additionally, women who can prove, who can provide specific examples of how they need how they have used their soft skills to achieve results in their previous role. So when we're interviewing, like I'm, I'm currently in the interviewing process of hiring people for my uh, team in um, India. And there are so many good candidates that I had to reject because they did not have a good attitude. Wow. And that is a defining factor when you're bringing people on board because you want to hire people that have the right skill sets to grow within a team and to help expand the organization to a greater level of diversity, inclusion, empathy. These are very, very high on the chart skill sets that women should have. It's also important to know that in recent years, many organizations are becoming more aware of the importance of diversity and inclusion and are actively yeah. working on promoting women roles and for HR, like for example, in our all of our HRM summits that we are we host for the last 14 years, it's a flagship event in Bahrain. We did it during the pandemic post Pan India. We did virtual events Pan India. Uh, we do in-person and virtual events of HRM summit. And every summit, DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, is always a topic of discussion during our summits because it's very, very important that we understand that inclusivity is very, very paramount, and it should have the right skill sets to make sure that you have that within your organization. Soft skills Thank can you. play a very vital role in distinguishing women for leadership positions. It's important that women to proactively seek out these opportunities and be prepared to showcase their skills and qualifications wherever they arise. 
Thank you, Helen. I think this is really, um, this is very, very key. And I'm happy that you took time to explain why women should not be, should not hide their innate skills, the soft skills that they possess when they come to an organization. Now, I know that you are a coach as well as a HR specialist. What would you be saying or what um, advice, if I may use the word, would you or what kind of career goals should women be creating in this new year as they start up? See, uh, not just career women, women globally should work towards attaining financial independence. And I keep saying this to every woman that I counsel or coach, whether you're a working woman from home, supplying meals, for example, or, you know, preparing pickles and selling them from home or working in an organization, it makes you a career woman. It doesn't matter whether you're working behind a glass building or you're working within your home. You are a career woman. And that's a very, very important factor where we all together as women have that dignity for labor. Now, women should create career goals that align with their personal and professional aspirations. It's not a one size fits all as well as their current and future financial needs. So how can we do that? Now, work towards advancing to a higher level of responsibility. That's the number one. Set a goal to advance your level of responsibility. You may be a supervisor in an organization. How do you aspire to become a manager or a director or an executive role? You can do it. It's within your capacity. But how do you do that? You can help increase because this will help increase your not just your career goal, but also your financial independence, right? Your financial relevance within your own lifestyle. So if you're a homepreneur, for example, add more to your product lines, diversify into areas that complement your product or a service, collaborate with others that can help you advance within your gamut of whatever you're offering, develop new skills, set a goal to develop new skills, such as learning a new language, earning a certification, attending a course that can help increase your financial and career relevance. The other way is building a network of professional contacts. Now, these contacts, as I said earlier, networking is such an important component of growth, personal as well as professional growth. Setting a goal to build a network of professionals around you, contacts that will help increase your financial and career by opening up new opportunities, job leads for mentorship, for example. Use social media. LinkedIn is an amazing, amazing platform to forge great professional contacts. Facebook, again, is, although it's a community um, social platform, they have fantastic professional groups that have some wonderful chat rooms where if you're stuck somewhere within your whatever you're doing, you can just post a question, how can I get what can I do? How can I get better? You will have tons of people trying to help you. So go into social media, be active. If you don't have a LinkedIn account, please create one, add people to your network, reach out to your immediate family, friends, colleague, um, college friends, school friends, add to your network and start increasing your network. That's a great way to start. Start a business, become an entrepreneur. You know, you don't you know, have to come. I'm a classic example. Uh, Didi, you are a classic example. We're both working. Mm -hmm. We're both 
uh, you know, running businesses while you are working, while I run a business, I still yeah. followed my passion. I still followed coaching and passion where I was trying to a decade. And it was my calling, right? So you need, you don't need a large investment to do that. You just need to think smart. You need to think intelligently. Start yeah. a business that can be a great way to increase your financial career relevance as well as create a greater sense of personal fulfillment. That's so important. You need to be happy with what you're doing. You need to love what you're doing and do what you love. Seek wow. out mentors. I mentioned that again. I keep repeating. Yeah. It's very, very important to be surrounded with <laughs> great influencers around you. Somebody that is going to lift you up. Somebody is yeah. going to help you to think bigger. Somebody Quite that is true. going to help you, you know, diversify <laughs> and be able to say this can complement your business or give you new ideas, brainstorm. It's amazing. It's a great, great asset to have mentors around you, mentors that yeah. will lift you up, support you in your career. Yeah. Giving you so and guidance. Yeah. So let's talk about job satisfaction real quick. Right. At what point can a woman leave a job that is not giving her all mm. of the satisfaction? And is it possible to pursue a job and a passion as well? Can these two go Absolutely. hand in hand? Nothing can hinder you as long as you know where you want to go. Job satisfaction is a very personal thing. It's an important aspect of every career development and it's important to find a balance between job satisfaction and financial stability. At what point does a woman leave or want to leave or should leave a job that is not giving a satisfaction. It depends on individual circumstances and priorities. Satisfaction may mean one thing to me, while it may mean completely different to you, right? So some yeah. women may be willing to tolerate a lack of job satisfaction if the job is providing them financial stability, while others may prioritize job satisfaction over financial stability. So at what mm -hmm. point should a woman compromise that? So it is an individual choice. But the one thing to remember for every woman out there is do not ever compromise on your dignity or self-respect. Draw wow. healthy boundaries, whether it's your home, whether it's your workplace. Don't Thank quit you. immediately unless you have to if you're in a workplace. Start mm. looking for a job while you are at a job so that your negotiation power with the new employer is on a high, not on a low. Wow. Very, that's, very important. That's so insightful. That's so insightful, Helen. And I know we have had, I, I, have, I can literally, literally write a book from this <laughs> discussion that we've had this evening. So my name Before I close on this topic is... Yes. It's possible, just to sum it up, it's possible to pursue a job and a passion at the same time. And many people choose to do that, right? Yeah. It's challenging. Mm -hmm. It can be challenging to balance a full-time job with passion. But with proper yeah. planning, time management, and clear priorities, it can be done. Some people choose mm -hmm. to pursue their passion part-time, while others may pursue it full-time, right? But make yeah. sure whatever you do is you are making sure that it is ethical, you make sure that it's in line with your passion, it does not um, it does not conflict with what you're doing. Your side hustle should never conflict with what you're doing at your workplace. 
Absolutely. I love the word side hustle. I love to hear about side hustle because <laughs> that's actually one of the topics we've had to talk about on this program. All right. So my last question to you, Helen, um, I know that, I, like I said earlier, I'm one of your mentees and I would like to know, are you available to accommodate more mentees on your program? Are you, do you still have space for more? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I would never ever say no because for me, it's a privilege and honor for me to impact many more lives. As women, we all need to be there for each other to pull one another up, not drag each other down. And I encourage every single mentee to carry that learning forward. Every drop makes an ocean. And let us all be that one drop in a whirlpool of women's lives. Thank you. So congratulations on your acceptance and commitment to mentor other women with your wealth of experience. So on behalf of myself, our numerous listeners across the globe and my technical team, I virtually present to you my mentors award. Oh, and here's thank your you that you will continually support other women like you have promised to achieve as much as you are doing right now. Thank you very much, Helen. Thank, thank you so much, Didi, for having me. It's been a joy. It's been a privilege. And I hope a lot of your listeners are listening in and they're able to get a good takeaway to start small, one step. Every step takes you north. And it's important that they start with one step at a time. Thank you. So for our listener, you can listen to past episodes of this program via our website at www.edidiongedan.com. It's actually my website. You can check previous episodes of this podcast via my website. And if you have any feedback, please contact me personally. I would really love to hear from you. Send me an email at edidiongedang at gmail.com. And then you will also see details about my, about my guests. I'll be putting some of them in the comment section of this podcast. So please share this link widely. And until next time, when I come your way with exciting uh, topics, stay safe and stay blessed. Bye.